Hello, and welcome to this parish praise service for the ninth Sunday after Trinity. We are the parish of Winscombe and Sanford, and I'm in St James's Church. My name is Sarah, and I'm a lay worship assistant in this church. You can follow the service on our service sheet, which can be downloaded from our website, www.windsandchurches.org.uk. So now, let us take a moment of silence before the service begins. The Lord be with you. This is the day that the Lord has made. As we prepare to bring our failings before God, let us think of all that we have said or done or not done that we know have let us down in the eyes of God. O Lord of life, eternity cannot hold you, nor can our little words catch the magnificence of your kindness. Yet in the space of our small hearts and in silence, you can come close and repair us. O Lord of life, grant us your forgiveness for our careless thoughts, for our thoughtless deeds, for our empty speech and the words with which we wounded. And may God forgive us Christ renew us, and the Spirit enable us to grow in love. Amen. And now, the special prayer for this, the ninth Sunday of Trinity. Almighty God, who sent your Holy Spirit to be the life and light of your church, open our hearts to the riches of your grace, that we may bring forth the fruit of the Spirit in love and peace and joy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And Cecily will now read to us, continuing with our readings from Genesis. This is a reading from Genesis. Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his children, because he was the son of his old age, and he had made him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem, and Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He answered, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, 
and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron. He came to Shechem, and a man found him wandering in the fields. The man asked him, What are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. The man said, They have gone away, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from a distance, and before he came near them, they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we shall say that a wild animal has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard of it, he delivered him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. Reuben said to them, Shed no blood. Throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand and restore him to the father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with sleeves that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty, there was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels carrying gum, balm and resin on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. When some Medant traders passed by, they drew Joseph up, lifting him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. We're now going to hear the hymn, Be Thou My Vision. And the words will be on the screen if you would like to join in.
have just listened to a reading of part of one of the most familiar stories in the Bible, that of Joseph and his coat. Or, as I'm sure we now all think of it, his technicolour dream coat. Why is this such a popular and well-known tale? Well, I think it could be because it encompasses and illustrates so many traditional storylines, yet is also an allegory for how we all try to live our lives as best we can. The themes of this tale are several. Parental favouritism, sibling rivalry, boasting, material possessions, greed, revenge and regret. And I think we can probably all identify with at least one of them. We meet Joseph as a youth of 17. We are told he is the favourite son of his father Jacob. And we're not told it was because Joseph had earned his father's special affection, but rather that it was because he was the first son of Rachel, the favourite of his two wives. And he was born when Jacob was an old man. Jacob gives Joseph a coat, traditionally translated as a coat of many colours, although in our passage we are only told that it was a long robe with sleeves. This coat is an explicit sign that Jacob loves Joseph more than any of his other sons, and consequently, not surprisingly, the brothers hate Joseph because of it. This theme of the younger son being the beloved son and the resultant family strife such favouritism produces has been prominent throughout Genesis. It begins with the murder of Abel by his older brother Cain and continues with the stories of Isaac and Ishmael, Jacob and Esau. In each case, the younger son is shown favour by God or by a parent. But that favour, that specialness, leads to great hardship and even death for the younger son. Joseph is also a visionary, but for some reason today's readings fail to mention the two dreams that Joseph has had and which he delights in relaying to his family. These dreams foretell that he will become the most important member of the family and his brothers and parents will all bow down to him. Understandably, the brothers find these dreams and Joseph's interpretation of them extremely disturbing. And they hate both the content of the dreams and the manner in which Joseph insists on talking about them. Joseph doesn't seem to show much common sense or emotional intelligence when it comes to his family. And even his doting father rebukes him in verse 10, saying, what kind of dream is this that you have had? Shall we indeed come, I and your mother and your brothers, and bow to the ground before you? So, the brothers go to pasture the flock near Shechem, without Joseph, 
But then Jacob asks him to go and check on them and the flock. It would seem he feels too old to go himself, so Joseph is given the task. Joseph's response is a prompt, here am I. He knows he will have to give up the comforts and pleasures of his home, but he is willing to pay the price to do this for his father. He wants to please his father and show he is capable of responsibility. However, showing either a lack of common sense or a need to brag, Joseph wears his special robe, the sign of his father's favour, as he goes in search of his brothers. He travels first to Shechem and then is redirected to Dothan by a stranger. The brothers, when they see Joseph coming, refer to him scornfully as this master of dreams. And they want to harm him, to kill him, and to blame it on a wild animal. However, the oldest brother, Reuben, persuades them not to. And instead, they strip Joseph of his beautiful robe, this coat that is the sign of their father's special favour. They must have had a perverse pleasure as they ripped it off him, and it must have been very painful for Joseph to have had it torn away from him. Then they throw him into an empty pit, a well or a cistern, with the intention of leaving him there to die. The heartlessness of these brothers is clear. They are able to eat a meal with Joseph nearby in the pit. They can sit down and enjoy food while their hearts are bent on murdering their brother. However, when they see the caravan of Ishmaelites coming, they decide to sell him for 20 pieces of silver. Now, should we think more highly of these brothers, because they decide to spare his life, or less highly of them, because they figured they could get rid of him and make some money at the same time. Who knows? And that is where the narrative ends this week, with Joseph seemingly brought down by his brothers and being taken as a slave into Egypt. Already, we have seen that Joseph's life is a series of ups and downs. Firstly, given status by his father's favoritism, then brought down by the brothers and their sibling jealousy. We also learn that he is willing to serve and do as his father asks, taking on the responsibility that he realises comes with his father's special favour. It's difficult to pull out the full meaning with only the first half of this story. So far, we have met Joseph as the beloved, dreaming, visionary child who seems to wave his dreams in the face of his brothers like a red rag to a bull. Then he shows acquiescence to the request of his father and he goes very willingly to find his brothers. Yet he also wears the coat, which he must have known would cause them distress, envy and anger. He seems part bragging adolescent and part true servant. Perhaps this is showing us 
that we all go through life making mistakes, but that if we focus on doing as our Heavenly Father asks us, then in the end, we shall find reward. Let's see what Andrew says next week. And let us now declare our faith in God together. We believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And now, Joe and Derek are going to lead us in our time of prayer. Let us pray. We thank you, God, for loving and caring for us all. We offer our love and thanks to you this morning by joining together to pray to you through the Son in the Holy Spirit. Give us joy in your hearts as we pray in faith, knowing that you hear us. Everlasting God, your plans and purpose are greater and better than ours. Help us to understand the way that you would like things to be done in our lives and to be ready like Joseph to faithfully follow your ways with patience and perseverance. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, you call us all to love and serve you with body, mind and spirit. Help us to demonstrate our love for your creation and the world in the way that we live. Open the hearts of those with power, both elected and non-elected, and give them compassion in all that they do for the good of the people that they lead, especially at this time when the decisions that are made affect the livelihood and well-being of us all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, we bring before you our homes and our relationships. We thank you for the community in which we live, for those who share with us in its activities and for all who serve its varied interests. Help each of us to make our own contribution and to be good neighbours at all times, open to the needs of others and those ways in which we can best support one another. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, we pray for all those able to go away this summer and in particular for Andrew, Corinna, Owen and Caris as they start their holiday in Cornwall. Thank you for the refreshment which holidays, days out and time spent with friends and family bring to our lives, for the freedom from routine and for new experiences and opportunities. Thank you for the gift of your wonderful creation and help us to be good stewards, especially in our leisure time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
loving God, friend of those in need. Your son Jesus healed so many in body, mind and spirit. We hold before you those who feel burdened, those seeking healing and those in need within the church and the world. We continue to pray at this time for all those affected by COVID-19, for our NHS and for scientists searching for a successful vaccine. Within our own community, we pray especially for Sarah B, James, John W, Jeff Norton, Henry S, Celia Hine, Chris G, Pauline K, and those known only to ourselves and to God, and for all the people who love them. We add to our prayers for healing our own Bishop, Peter, as he starts treatment for a serious illness. Be present with all those who are ill through the support of family and friends and in the care of our doctors, nurses and carers. We also give thanks for answers to prayer and the good progress of those who have recently had operations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, we pray for all those who grieve for loved ones who have died recently, especially the family and friends of Ralph Goodyear, whose funeral took place this week. Be with them in their sorrow, lead them with your love to accept their loss and to continue with their lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, we pray for the people of Beirut following the terrible explosion there this week. Give eternal rest to those who have died and comfort and console the bereaved and strengthen and heal those who are injured. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of power, hear our prayers. Lead us as we go forward into another week, strengthened and upheld by your love, inspired by the faith of Joseph and guided by the Holy Spirit. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And our prayers conclude with the Lord's Prayer, and we say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And now we are going to hear our second hymn, I'm Accepted, I'm Forgiven, which is played for us by Chris.
accepted, I'm forgiven, I am followed by the true and living God, I'm accepted, no condemnation, I am loved by the true and living God, there's no guilt or fear as I draw near to the Savior and Creator of the joy and peace as I release my worship to our service with the grace and please would you join in with me as we say may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and always amen thank you for joining us today for our worship and a special thank you to all those involved in making this video and to Robert, Claire and Chris for the music. And we look forward to seeing you all again soon. I'm accepted, I'm forgiven, I am fathered by the true and living God. I'm accepted, no condemnation, by the truth.